Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the geeky side of TV. This is Will Nix and my co-host, Tyra Burton. How you doing, Tyra? I was just frightened by that introduction. I, I like to be excited in the mornings, folks. It's not that early for me, and I'm ready to go. So, Tyra, <laughs> on the geeky side of news, tell me what's going on. I am waking up. Oh, good. All right, good. It's better than death. Waking up is much better than being dead. So, <laughs> other than that, what is going on in the news today? Well, besides the fact that I am recording at an hour that I usually would be playing a game, uh, I am here, and I want to talk about, first thing, the portal and kind of echo show uh, thing that's going on nowadays. Uh, Facebook is coming out with a camera, mm-hmm. and I actually just saw a TV commercial for it, which is kind of frightening. And... It is super, super cool. It, like, follows you where you go. Like, if mm. you stand or you walk from one place to another, the camera follows you. Which wow. I think it solves some of my problems. Cause Do you have, think this is uh, to go hand-in-hand hand with live? Well, I'd, I actually I don't know. I think it would work awesome for live, to be honest with yeah. you. What they're really showing is interactions between people. Okay. So I have a feeling that they're kind of marketing it toward the messenger kind of crowd. Okay. Uh, but what I thought was just, you know, over the top was the fact that that camera moved. Because I have a, I got an Echo Show from one of my friends uh, for uh, my 50th birthday. Uh, Brian and Jennifer gave it to me. And I love it. I call my, uh, my goddaughter on it and her family. But mm-hmm. it tilts. Like it has a... It sits at slight angles, so it shows more of the ceiling huh. than it does of me. That's and not good. No, it's not, and it's it it leans back. So my husband's actually making me a wedge to go under it, so it sits up straight. About, so we'll you're see. about to have a new toy, it sounds like. Yeah, so a new toy, and now he's got to fix it. But, there we go. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to be able to do Skype through it. Um, okay. I haven't tried that yet, and I was right. I just looked at something. The Portal and Portal Plus are both for... Um, Facebook Messenger. Okay. And it also is connected to Alexa, so it has Alexa built into it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. And it's a higher quality camera. It's a 12 megapixel versus a 5. So really super, super nice. They're taking um, on they're taking on the Apple. They're taking on Apple a little bit with the, that's, that then too. That's pretty nice. It's got a 4 mic array, 2 in front and 2 in rear. Dang. I mean, wow. And 20 watts worth of speakers. 10 okay. watt to full range. So uh, it's really kind of sexy. I'm kind of looking at it. I'm like, oh, we, we're an Amazon household. We'll admit it. Um, that's our evil overlords here. Um, uh, we, we have a few dots in the house too. So <laughs> we have, we have dots. We have echoes. Um, we started off with dots and then we grew to the bigger units and then we're like, right. Oh, that one has better sound. And we use them to, um, do whole sound, uh, music in the house right so we do we use house. ours for kit like kitchen entertainment you know while laura's cooking or we're all you know just in there just to play some random music or listen to a comedy bit something like that something i think you know amazon's really tapped into especially with their prime service no i absolutely agree and with my echo show i can actually uh like oh cough bless you uh thank you sorry i tried okay. to cover the mic it's and- <laughs> okay it happens yep it's real life it's a live podcast it is a live podcast but um, I actually watch videos on it. Oh, that's cool. So it'll tell me like little random bits of news. And so like this morning I watched one about Harry and Meghan in Australia. So Aww. I'm a, you're going to hear about the royal family on here every now and then. Boy, family geek in the group here, folks. True. I say that, I say that as sad as I can. Don't I'm you kidding. care. There's I'm a kidding, baby kidding, coming. I'm, I'm terribly excited. Oh, my gosh. 
Well, give us back our theory, our, our, our I can't even say the word. No, just turn us back to the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this morning he, I watched a video about him talking about mental health uh, right. with servicemen and about go. how he sought help. And Good. I think that is that's a whole new world for a member of the royal family to say, "Hey, I went and got counseling." Yeah. So, anyway, that's my first bit of news. What's your first bit of news? Well, I would like to talk about Netflix and Marvel here a little bit. This week, we saw the death of two shows. We saw Luke Cage, which really blew me over, but and also Iron Fist, which never really took off that well, but was getting into a better second season. And I, if we see Heroes for Hire pop up, which is the combination of those two characters, uh, Luke Man and Iron Fist, we see that you know Luke Cage and Iron Fist, we see that. I, I will say, okay, it's not the the dark side of Marvel is not dying on Netflix. But if we don't, I will expect to see announcements on Jessica Jones and the rest of them, and that Disney's just pulling the rug under it for its own service, and which just starts. If people don't know, starts this uh, spring. And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the edgier side of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I knew about the Disney streaming service, but my two the two sides hadn't connected with me. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a lot of conversation about how it's going to rival Netflix in some aspects. Right. And I was just super sad. I mean, we haven't we've, we're, we're bad geeks in this household. In the sense that we are far behind on Marvel movies and Marvel TV. Um, I know. And, we've, and we both talk about the fact that we have got to catch up. But Cage was just, he was at Dragon Con this year. And he was just yes. so awesome. And he was just so overwhelmingly. Uh, the year before the show started, I actually hosted a um, panel on, on Luke Cage at Dragon Con. And I was one of the moderators. And the excitement in the room for the show was palpable. It was close, it, as close as I can, we, we got to Black Panther. And it was just, it's like, wow, there's an audience that's been wanting something like this for a while. And, he, and he's a hero that everybody can relate to. He's got a great backstory. And just to see that them pulling the rug on it this quickly is kind of, I don't know. If they relaunch it, I'll be, I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Well, I'm interested to know who has – who's the production company on it mm-hmm. because depending upon who is actually paying to produce the show, right. that could make it very easy to slot over into Disney. Um, if Netflix is the producer, they're not just buying it from a you know a production right. house, then that's going to be a little bit more I want to say it's Marvel Studios that owns it, so I want to say it's Marvel Studios that has it. So, but if this is an outright cancellation, I don't see them just relaunch. I don't see them just doing an add-on season on the Disney service. I, plus, Disney's already said it, they're not really aiming at mature content because, see, they also Disney also a little news, more news is Disney owns a huge stake in Hulu now. Yes. Now that they've gotten Fox and they've gotten, you know, they, they've they've owned ABC for quite a while, so they're going to have their mature content over there on Hulu. And this this is just a this is the big war that Netflix is wasn't expecting. Out of this buy-in, but Disney and several other companies are talking about launching their own services. CBS has, yes. and we're seeing others that are planning on doing this. I think NBC and then Warner are talking about doing a really big one. Warner's already done it with um, DC Comics. Yeah, DC Universe. DC Universe has launched. So it's. I think we're getting back into the cable age, and it's the cable age hitting, hitting the internet. I agree, and what's going to be interesting is that – with cable, you were very dictated what you got. Yes, yes. And you're going to be picking your own. This is a la carte. 
It's going to be a la carte, and it's at some point people are going to go. This is just too much. That's what the. That's why we all. Cut, I'm a. I'm a. You know, I cut the cord almost five years ago, and it was because I could find everything I wanted to watch on the internet. And now it seems like we're going back to the cable days. I'm wondering this if this is because of net neutrality and some of the rules that like Comcast are kind of going to force us into these bundles where you get Netflix, YouTube, and all these other channel services combined for a fee a month instead of just well, paying a la carte. Well, I think what will end up distributing these is actually Xfinity and AT&T and those services because that's what net neutrality right. does is it allows them – well, the, the, new non, the, yeah. non, the non-net neutrality that we now have in yes. the world we exist in is right. they can say, okay uh, – This is the bundle you get. This is who you use. Well, Hulu, you're taking too much of our bandwidth. We're going to charge you more. Or more than likely, the little guys get charged more. It's I can't get it's on my net. Scary. I can't get on my net neutrality because I no, just, no. We're all we're, we're on the same point. Net neutrality for all. I think that across the across the board, most of us agree on that. I mean, I, I mean, not just for our geek, government, but, but anyway. except for our government, yeah, except for our current <laughs> government, which really just blows my mind. It's something that just goes into the face of the people. This is not. This is this is one of those few issues that are that is across the spectrum. It doesn't matter if you support so and so or if you support this guy. You, we all agree that the net should stay neutral and not be owned by corporations. But oh well, not you know. Leaving that there, um, yep. I will say I just looked at something on Sci-Fi Wire. Um, okay. It was from late September, so we're talking just a few weeks ago. And it says, uh, according to the New York Times, there are no current plans, quote-unquote, to remove the Netflix original series featuring Marvel characters. That's <laughs> well, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and The Punisher. They just um, did it. <laughs> and they did, just did it. Yeah, so, see, I'm telling you, Paul, uh, Kevin Feige. He hates uh, Marvel TV, and this is his way of getting things done. So that's that's going to be interesting. Um, uh, Hulu's original Marvel series, Runaways, will likely remain on Hulu, as Disney yep. hasn't indicated that it will be nabbing that series. And this is from a Sci-Fi Wire article I'll link in our show notes. So I think there's a lot that could be happening with there. Yep. I think I really think I think we're going to see a lot of this ending up on Hulu. The edgier, R-rated, R- R- your typical TV mature stuff on Hulu. True. It's I think it's just amazing how far we have come with digital TV from back in the day when. Oh my gosh! You know, the Wild West of it. The Wild West when Apple was getting ABC and Disney yeah. to put their shows the day after on digital streaming. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't a big deal. Oh, it was a it was a huge deal back then. The, oh, it was a huge deal, but I'm saying it wasn't a, it, it wasn't hurting them revenue wise. No, it but it was actually that was hall of power play between yeah. um, Jobs and Iger for control yep. of Pixar. Not well, yep. they Disney wanted Pixar, so yep. how Iger got them, how Jobs got them to do that was to do that by putting their shows up on um, iTunes was by holding the carrot of Pixar. So um, it's quite a nice play of business, to be honest with you. This is interesting stuff. I just don't know if it's going to be good for consumers in the end. Oh, I think that was good for consumers. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm this, talking now. I'm talking yeah, now. I don't know that this fragmentation that we have right now is going to be good. This is what we – what's interesting is this was what usually happens in a mature market. So if you look at something like mm-hmm. potato chips and how we have six zillion right. types, right? Um, that's what you expect in a mature market. And I would not have thought that digital was mature, but I guess maybe we're headed that way. Well, everything's happening faster. I mean yes. social media, you know, whatever, the, the, the age of information, we are – 
it happens faster. Social change happens faster. Businesses are happening faster. They live and die. It's true. And but in some ways, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was mm-hmm. uh, kind of repurposing some stuff. Um, IG okay. now has uh, QR codes called um, oh, what are they called? Now I've totally forgotten what they're called. Name, tag. <laughs> name, name tags. There we are. Name tag. there and we uh, you can create. You can customize it very much like uh, the QR codes on Snapchat. So not totally a new concept. I have to give Snapchat some credit. I've never seen someone make Facebook, and Facebook owns Instagram, of course. I've never seen somebody make Facebook this nervous. Snapchat does. And, um, no, yeah. not, I don't think it makes them nervous at all. Um, and the reason I don't think it makes them nervous is because if you look at how much Instagram has grown compared oh, to Snapchat, it's like a, it, there's a difference there. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I, I, that's my, I think that's another reason, though, is that you, that's a sign of it being nervous. Is that when Facebook acquired Instagram, was that was its direct that was Snapchat's direct competitor? As someone who works with high schoolers, oh my gosh! I mean, they they were it was all Snapchat, and then Instagram comes along, and they're all Instagram, and still a little bit on Snapchat, but it it really that it recaptured that market for Facebook. Yeah, I will agree to a certain extent. I mean, he really actually hired them. He wanted the comp- the the two guys that started it was what <laughs> yep. he really wanted. Yep. And so that's why he bought Instagram to a certain extent. Of course, they've now quit. And they and yeah, they went out the door. They went out <laughs> the door. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't I don't see them being worried about Snapchat. They kind of use Snapchat as a place to steal stuff from. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> they and they tried that. to buy them. They also tried to buy them, and Snapchat, you know, said. No, go they away. Did. They did, and yeah. they'll, they'll probably say that for a while. But um, they also, with owning WhatsApp and Messenger and IG and Facebook, there's just so much that's under the Facebook. Oh, kind I know. Of family, but <laughs> I think the name tags are cool. I just think that yeah. it's kind of a repurposing. But the other cool thing was uh, they're testing school communities in the U.S. and to help students connect with their classmates, particularly with like universities. Which is hilarious because this harkens back to what they used to do on Facebook. When my niece went to uh, University of Arkansas, her mm-hmm. dormitory floor connected on Facebook, and there was a way for them to do that. So uh, it's kind of interesting that what's old becomes new again. Right. It, it, it's one of those things. That we joke about MySpace, but it's it's interesting how much your your news feed is getting MySpaced out on Facebook. So it just it, – it, Everything has its trend, and if a company can can survive those trends, they flourish. And Facebook is, if anything, has proven that it can survive trend, trendiness. So. Well, it, it's I consider it like I've always talked about Facebook being the mass media of social media. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's ABC is still here. Facebook is right. still going to be here, but are there going to be you know Foxes and and CWs popping up? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 the cable. It, it, it is the first of the big cable channels of the internet. Yeah. Yes. So I'm yeah. I'm interested to see what comes next. Um, I don't I don't know how well IGTV has been doing. Uh, I haven't watched a lot on it. I've watched some on Facebook Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know YouTube is trying to figure out where it fits in all of this. So <laughs> yes. And we know Google Plus has died, and yes, I've been waiting for that death for a long time. So anyway, the social space is always interesting, but. Uh, speaking of the internet, uh, your last piece of news yeah, is a little sad. Yeah, a little, little down right here. Um, Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft, dies of cancer at 65 years old, which my first take with this is that cancer is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter if you're a quadrillion billionaire or if you're as poor as dirt. 
cancer gets everybody. And it's just really sad to see because, you know, for what you want to say about Microsoft, good or for bad, is that they 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 brought a lot of people to the internet and to the and to computers that couldn't before. Well, and the other thing they did was, I mean, between them and um, Apple, they really <laughs> drove each other forward. Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, they were constantly bar- beg borrowing and stealing from one another. I mean, it goes back to their Silicon Valley battle days uh, between Steve and and um, I just blank Bill Gates. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, it really it's interesting to see that the other side of Microsoft and and the, the real business side with Paul Allen passing away. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's definitely with him and Jobs both being gone is kind of an end of an era. Yeah, I mean, we've got Wozniak and Gates left, which is really interesting. It's the, you know, both the te- the geekier sides of, of the of the group, and the business side being gone. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I have to say, I've I've enjoyed Tim Cook. Um, I'm oh, hopeful. Yes. Everybody, cross your fingers that there's new IMAX at the end of the month because we've uh-huh. got to get one. And I've been holding off. I've been waiting for like two months. Oh, the big launch. Yep. Waiting to see if they will do something. And I have not heard word one in the rumors. I keep hearing Mac Mini, and I'm like, uh. so uh, everybody think good IMAX thoughts because. Uh, our Apple head over here needs all the help she can get, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I do because I'm pl- right now. I'm playing World of Warcraft on a laptop, so my husband can play on my desktop. So it's just it's just a crime. I it have really 11 is. inch screen, 11 inches. People, it is not. It's, it's not good. It's not, not good. good. <laughs> That's what not we're good. gonna say. Not good at all. I'm gonna start screencasting that bad boy on something. That's it. I should. All right. Be. Okay. Well, anyway. that is our news segment. <laughs> so. <laughs> We're going to go back to some stuff a little – like we promised on the geeky side, going back to some old some old, and how we were introduced to our geek side. And through, our, through conversation, we both discovered that we're huge Battlestar – I guess you could say launchers in the sense of it really launched us into our geek. I, I grew up watching it. And Tyra, you can talk about a little – talk about a little about yourself and your Battlestar Galactica experience. Well, what I remember is – I could actually watch it because it was on Sunday – it mm-hmm. was after Star Wars came out. It was Star Wars on television. It was Star Wars on television. It was released the next year. Um, Star Wars was probably one of the first like sci-fi things that I ever saw. I remember my mom and I going to see the movies. And here was Battlestar Galactica. And it was all about this mythology. And it launched right. me into a whole lifetime of loving mythology and wanting to know more about it and the gods and the goddesses it launched me kind of thinking about society differently because which is really funny because i don't think donald belsario the creator of Battlestar galactica had that intended at all no i, I you explained this to me and I, you should explain it to our listeners i really should um he is a latter-day saint a mormon and he really puts a lot of that into the show kolob being co you know cobal uh, the tribes returning to Earth, all you know, very ele- basic elements of of the Latter Day Saints uh, belief system into the show, and so he really, by using the mythology side, almost kind of mixes his message and introduces some people to, like you said, other cultures and other religions. And I really don't think he intended to do it at all, but he did it in a really good way. He did. I never would have <clears> thought <throat> that uh, with you without you telling me that because of how. Like Cassiopeia and uh-huh. having a woman of the evening, shall we say? Right, and it right. being not being a seeing the struggles with that. Yes, and the acceptance and non acceptance of it. That was 
very much before its time, if you think about it. I yeah, mean, really, really. Uh, and it's one of the interesting things to kind of watch how television, like, gets really, you know, progressive, and then it gets really not progressive. <laughs> well, it's just really funny is that it happened in the late 70s going into 80, and then all of a sudden we have that flashback in geekdom where there really wasn't anything for geeks on TV again. You know, we you know Star Wars was a huge launch. Bang, we get Star Wars, and then of course you know Star Trek's out there floating around as a as a um, in 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 its various forms all over, te- being bought up by networks out there, and and out there with a different affiliates. But it was ne- there was nothing really sci-fi that tied the community together, and you had Battlestar. And what's really great about the show is like it didn't die because it wasn't being watched. It died because it was too expensive to make. Yeah, no, it did have, I mean, the ratings did drop a little bit. A little bit. Which it might could have survived. Like today it would be on, well, as we know, the the reboot yes. of it was on sci-fi. But sci-fi would have been where it was launched to begin with. And to not have as diverse of a landscape, we have to remember, this is back when we had ABC, CBS, NBC, and that was That it. was it. PBS. And yeah, PBS. I mean, yeah. And that yeah. was it. So um, you didn't have diversity. You weren't in the mature market of television uh, and shows no. that we are in now. So it was you had very sitcoms, limited. you had sitcoms, and you had westerns, and your dramatic episodes, your your Quincy's, your um, I'm we started, to, uh, yeah, we started files, get, yeah. We started to get some procedurals um, yep. happening, but Hill Street yeah, Blues, Hill Street Blues, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. But you had to appeal to a mass audience, right? Because there's only three stations, you've got to get a mass audience, and Battlestar Galactica. Even though it had good ratings, it was never – it was at a horrible time slot on Sundays. Yes, yes. And it didn't appeal to the masses. It was to a certain segment of society. Well, and that – and it tried to by getting in like classic actors. Lauren Green from Bonanza. Bringing in Lauren Green from Bonanza to be a part of this show and and such a noble character. Yes. He he really was – he really was the – stayed being Pa from Bonanza on this show. There was no, there was no gray to him. He was, he was the white knight, and so, and then you get Apollo, which was one of my favorite characters, and we'll talk about yours in just a second. Cause <laughs> it's our same way with Star Wars. I'm a Luke Skywalker guy, so I like Apollo. You're a Han Solo guy, so you like. I'm a girl, first off. Well, you know what I'm I mean. a Han Solo girl. Yeah, right, absolutely. Well, I use guy as a general neutral term, so that's really funny because my kids really like it. <laughs> like you call everybody guy, I'm like, yeah, it's just the way I say things. <laughs> It's okay. I'm a girl. Hey, buddy. It's hey, buddy. (laughs) 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 Little silliness on the geeky side this morning. It's true. We're all for gender neutrality. Exactly. Whatever you want to be called is fine. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just very cisgendered. I'm definitely a girl. (laughs) I'm I'm just me. (laughs) And all my identities. So... He has um, some personality issues. A little bit. You shut up. No! (laughs) Okay. All right. But... And all the, but again, though, Battlestar Galactica was there, and with Starbuck, let's talk about that character for just a little second. You're talking about a non-traditional role on television. True. I mean, he was the kind of bad guy, good guy. Yeah. You he know? had a bit of anti-hero in him. Had a little bit of anti-hero in him. I mean, he drank, he smoked cigars, he liked women. He really did, and he and, didn't care. And he didn't play by the rules. He's, he's no, the rule breaker no. in that series, and I think... Very much Han Solo in many ways. Han Solo was a rule-breaking character. Right. And that's what I love about him, and possibly that has something to do with my personality. I'm not terribly yeah. sure, says the woman with pink hair. There uh, you that go. teaches in a university. There you go. <laughs> in a business and, college. So, well, just, yeah, cool. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just, I think that that part of him, that, but at the end of the day, he's a good guy. Just oh, like, yeah. 
you know, Han comes back and he's still right. the hero. Starbuck yeah. is still the hero. And it's interesting to me that Luke and, and Han were best friends in the end. Like these, they were yeah. brothers and just you like look Apollo at and Starbuck. just yep. like Apollo and Starbuck. So it's kind of like one makes the other one choose good. And the other one kind of loosens the other one up, you know, it's, right. it's the great buddy, buddy flick where the other one is just the tough, the, the, the tough nails does everything right. And the other one is the happy go lucky kind of guy. Yeah, but was, in this, in this case, it made them, it made them, uh, it, it made who they were. It was, it was a bromance. It before really was a bromance. Before was, well, there was it's, bromance. It's, it's, it's best friends. It's your classical best friend dichotomy. If you don't have a crazy best friend, then you're the crazy best friend. So, I mean, it's just that kind of thing. I feel safe now. Okay. I have a lot of I, crazy friends. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I thought I was the normal one for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> right. Right. Isn't it? Right. You know? So... No, I, I remember having this conversation with you 10 years ago and saying, wow, I thought I was the crazy friend. And I look around. No, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I really am not. With some of them. So what, I love did, them. what did you think about the reboot of Battlestar? Oh, God. Ah, mixed feelings. I loved Edward James almost. I loved the, the way it looked. It looked like Battlestar Galactica. It had – I loved the new design on the ships. I liked the Vipers. I liked this whole – Automation versus uh, old technology, which the show really played up, especially in its first season, and how the old Battlestar Galactica survives because it's not fully automated. And so I love that feel of it. What I didn't like at first were some of the gender swaps on some of the roles, and not because it was just a woman. It was just because it didn't feel real. It was just like we did it for we're doing its sake, and I don't, I don't like that. I like it when you create a character and you, and you make it itself. But – uh, and it comes to Starbucks. Starbucks was the big controversy. Turk Benedict wasn't crazy at first about Katie Sackhoff playing his character. Well, he considered his character. But well, she took it on and made it her own. Well, and I have to – whenever I watch New Battlestar, and I will totally admit that I've not watched all of it, I have to see it as something completely separate right. and different from the Battlestar Galactica of my youth because it's kind of – that part is always going to be special to me. And no matter how bad the CGI was and all this other stuff, right. it's still, it was the show that opened me up and expanded my mind and expanded my universe. And I fell in love with Starbuck and I've met Dirk Benedict and he is, right. I, he was totally awesome. Yes. Um, but when I look at new Battlestar, I'm like, Starbuck's a girl and I'm totally into girl power, but I'm like, I just have to think of her as a totally different character. I can't think of her. No, I understand that. And Starbuck. I, my thing, the greatest injustice I've thought, and I think the show, even through its end, got it wrong, was Apollo. Um, and I think also with Adama, we'll get to that in just a second. With Apollo, though, they made him such a weak character. And for someone who grew up being a huge Apollo fan on the original series, I'm going, that's not even what close of what Apollo would do. Apollo would never betray his dad. Apollo would never uh, side with others. He would not do the wrong thing. And they made him make every bad decision. Apollo makes bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Now, the saving grace of the show is when Richard Hatch comes in. And for you know anyone out there who knows, you know the story Richard Hatch loved being Apollo and loved being a part of Battlestar Galactica. Try to get it revived so many times. Oh yeah, he and, and I'll let, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, we'll talk in a second about how he tried to do that, but go ahead and and finish this part. Okay. Well, in he, he, Richard Hatch bringing over becoming this playing an playing another anti-hero type character really tied the two universes together brought some old fans back into the show and then 
just really made it what it was. And then you get into Adama, and you, and if you really think about the character of Adama, the, fir- and the again I talk about Lauren Green and this very powerful the White Knight side of things that he he did this because he truly believed in getting these th- these people to Earth, these survivors. Let's get humans to Earth because he knew it was out there. And in the show, the new version, it was a lie. He didn't believe it. He was doing it to save them. Yes, it was that lie and the to save them, but it was just really made you lose faith with a character that was such a pure it, it took away the purity added a little element of gray i didn't know i know that sometimes you need but it really just i think sometimes ronald d moore <laughs> does that just to mess with us so yeah and i didn't want i think when you have somebody as as epic as he is you know yeah. in terms of the show and and who he was you don't want him to end up being so kind gray. of a bad guy. It's a kind yeah. of a bad guy, kind of gray. Yeah. I, you need a hero who is that kind of whiteness has a good yeah, part well, of light inside of them. Right, and I mean this. This is a, a criticism of a lot of current sci-fi. When with, uh, let's say Star Wars, we start you know with what Lucas how stu- what Lucas did to to the, the the old series with the 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 reboots. Is kind of what they did to Battlestar was add this grittiness that wasn't necessary. You made the relationship between Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker into almost like a betrayal. Yes. You turn you 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 take away that purity of you took the of Yoda, who was this grand wizard kind of you know out there in the swamp holding off holding off darkness as long as he can by himself until Luke can come along. You turn him into this oh he didn't see it coming. This feeble old guy, and I'm like, that wasn't the character at all. No, it's, and you really have to be careful. And I think that's why I have some issues with new Star Wars. But we'll talk about that on another yeah. thing. Is that you have to kind of respect that, that there's a reason why the hero's journey that yes. you see in those are are so important, and why people identify with them. It's it's based in the mythology. I'm going back to Battlestar right. Galactica, and that right. part of the mythos is them leaving on that journey, and he is the master. He is the right. one. You know, and of course, it has to die in the end. But you know, the right. master has to. You can't. It's just depressing. But you can't. You can't. You can't darken up. You can't muddle up their journey. Yeah, there's got to be one character that is that light. Right. And of course, they're going to have things about them that, you know, is gray-ish. But the character itself, I think, to me, needs to stay. You know, needs to be a good guy. You need to have your paladin. Right. You have to have you have to have your goody goody. You have to have I'm your goody goody. You have to have your goody goody. And Luke was your goody goody. You know, I mean, and that's fine. Absolutely. And I think and, Apollo was the goody goody. Oh, oh, Apollo's the goody goody. I'm I'm all about it. And and I think that's something that the new sequels are getting a little wrong in Star Wars. And and we saw it get wrong in Battlestar that you have to add this element of gray that just isn't there. Yeah. So let's 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 show some light, people. And yeah, I, I think that Richard Hatch really tried to do that. He wrote yes. Uh, several Battlestar Galactica books about mm-hmm. Apollo specifically. Um, he did the con circuit like a like a crazy man, and you know produced uh, trailers to try to get somebody interested in doing a Battlestar Galactica reboot. And these he trailers honestly, were epic. I mean, right? They were great. He, if you think about it, if the Kickstarter had been around, oh yeah, or a Patreon or any of these, he would have been the first to launch that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. He would have been because he was amazing with that. And we would have had a different battle star. Oh yes, we'd have had we'd have had a continuation of the story. I think. Yeah. I think you see uh, Apollo stepping into the Adama role and leading, you know, trying to lead hum- humanity out. You see, I, I would have liked to have seen that actually. That would have been cool. So 
rest his soul because he was God rest his soul because he yeah. was a, he was he was a true congoer. He was, and he was a true. I, every time I met him, he was always had a smile on his face and always was very. Um, he was just a delight. Yes. And I was very sad when he was no longer with us because it meant that that was always one thing I looked forward to at DragonCon was going down and seeing Richard Hatch. Yep. And talking to him and seeing what was what he was trying his latest to either get Battlestar Galactica up or what was going on with the reboot. And he's just I, he's missed. He was a fan's fan. He really enjoyed. He he, there's very few that you can, I don't want to say there's very few. There are many that are approachable. But there are a few that you become comfortable with. Yeah. And he was one that you could be comfortable with. So He was, he was awesome. And I, yep. I was very thrilled. I, I got to meet him. I have uh, I've bought all of his books and have those as well. And I got to ha- go to a conference, uh, a con with uh, Dirk Benedict was there. And I actually got to sit at a table with him and have dinner. And he was, he was wonderful. I was just before I got LASIK surgery and we were talking about it. And he was like, I could never do that. And we had this whole conversation about eyes and surgery and life and finding peace. And it was, they're both were very, Dirk Benedict's still with us though, but both very delightful men. Yes. Yes. So, well, so let us know what you think about Battlestar Galactica and the reboot and who your favorite characters were. Because there were some we did not even mention. Baltar. Sorry, I had to throw him out there. He, I, I, loved that great, I loved him in the original. That great, just pure bad guy out for himself, that guy. Yeah. No. And you know, the, sn- the sniveling coward at the same time. And I kind of like the new Baltar. I mean, I like the fact that he, he was more, it was more of a, di- a different kind of deviance and a little, di- more, a little different kind of evil. And I think he was more round. I think the thing that did happen yes. with the reboot that was better was the characters were more well-rounded. Yes. Oh, he got much better character development. I mean, yeah. I, I can't argue with that element. I just don't, sometimes you don't like it the way it round they round out. Right. But you can't you can't disagree that it, you know. And some of that's a product of just television maturing, and we have more, you know, well-rounded characters. I mean, there were some series right. that got that. Like if you go back and you look at like. Mary Tyler Moore and All in the Family yes. and the Jeffersons. Right. There's some really deep stuff going on. Oh yeah, especially with All in the Family. All in the Family. I could, was awesome. I could talk that. I could talk about that and and some of the levels and how that really turned television on its ear. Yes, I mean, I well, mean, it it really did. I not just, just in ra- not just in race and gender, but there's so much. I mean, just Carol O'Connor was that his name? Yes. Yes, he was just he was awesome. Amazing. He was awesome as a man. And, and, and just his, good people, and just good people. Yeah, just that ability to push it. I knew one of the stars on the show. Um, he was from my hometown, uh, Dan Biggers, and he was. Uh, I'll never forget sitting down. My father had never met a celebrity before, and never really. He had met. Funny story. He had met the Cisco kid as a kid. <laughs> the Cisco kid had come to Rome, and it was in a parade, and stepped on my dad's uh, foot with his horse. <laughs> oh. So the Cisco kid gets down. My dad is down in the floor. He's like four or five, and he's crying. And he picks him up. He goes, it's okay, Bakaru. And he just pats him on the back. <laughs> and he sits with him for a minute and talks to my dad. Aww. And so that's my dad's really only celebrity existence. Well, Carol O'Connor, I didn't get to meet him, but my father, Dan Biggers, was the um, coroner on The Heat of the Night, which we, my dad and I would watch together. It was another show we, we could watch together. And um, Dan Biggers and I had known each other for years through Barry College, through local theater and acting and stuff like that. So I'd go and invite Dan to come have lunch with us at this little Chinese restaurant in, in Rome. And he'd be sitting by himself, and he'd come, and he'd sit with my dad. And my dad got starstruck. Aww. He's talking to him as if he's talking to his character. And I'm not bashing on my father in any way. It was just so – I didn't get it at first, but looking back, I'm like, I get it. 
I get it. My dad has never really done this before. He's never met someone who's played a character on television and got to really talk to them. And he's asking him questions about Carol O'Connor, and he's just there. As, and they just get into this huge thing. It was really beautiful because they, the guy was talking about how just deep and genuine Carol O'Connor was and just how, how important he is. And my dad – and he just sat there and listened to him. And my dad uh-huh. didn't do that very often. If you knew my father, he just didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it really watching my dad being starstruck was amazing. Well, so my, my little Carol Connor story. Well, that's it's good to know that Carol was that way. He had such a such a tragedy in his family with his son oh and his, his addiction, and just and he embraced it though and made it the, you know part of his show and didn't hide from it. Didn't hide from the fact that it happened. He actually tried to help get others to get help. Yeah. It's just he was just such a good guy. He was, and I love the fact that it, my family also was Heat of the Night family, and I love the fact that you know. The sheriff ends up with a a, a black lady. Yeah, and, and and which is so it it was such an in your face all those who people who thought Archie Bunker was a hero. Right. I love the fact that he did that. I was like he was he was playing a character. People, he wasn't your misogynistic racist uncle. He he was just playing a character. No, and he was he was doing it to make a point. To make fun of those people. Right. It's these well, people. It's, it, 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 if you're a racist misogynist, you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be being. You're getting laughed at. Archie's well, always getting laughed at. Archie is always getting laughed at. But I think it also was even more than the laughs. It was about bringing those issues to light, in, to light, and into the den. Into the. I mean, the fact that most of that show happened in a family's yes. den. You know. Was where you should be talking about this, and where well, you that, should that, be dealing with it. I'm not talking about getting laughed at. I'm talking about his character is the running gag. When oh, Archie yeah. would say something, that's what I mean. Is that he was getting laughed at, and not laughed with? Right. Absolutely. People are you're, you're laughing at him. You know, when he calls. You know, he also captured the countercultural movement with making fun of Meathead. You know, getting rid. You know, hitting on his. You know, attacking his. You know, his son-in-law for being a, a wimp and all this kind of stuff. But at the end, he was getting shown that maybe he wasn't right, and that was such the important lesson. But you know, thirty years down the low, road, we we look at it almost in a purest view. How could we allow such a racist character on television? Because it actually got rid of some of that. Yeah, no, it was a it was a brilliant show, and it was a it was a groundbreaking show, and in some ways pulling us back into Battlestar Galactica. Yes, uh, Battlestar Galactica was in some ways a very groundbreaking show. It wasn't surely the first sci-fi on television. No, uh, but it started to open us up back again. And you know, here's a question: Would we get the next generation as no. soon if we did not have Battlestar Galactica. I don't think so. I think syndicate I think honestly if Battlestar if 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 it wasn't for Battlestar Galactica, we postpone almost everything ten years later. Because we had a bad launch, relaunch with Star Trek with Star Trek the motion picture. Oh yes, that was we, not we had to survive that. We had to survive that. And so Battlestar comes along right on the heels of Star again, Star Star Wars is the reason. The blockbuster is yes, the reason Star we have Wars all- is definitely the reason. Yes, but we, I don't think we have Star Wars because, until we have the original Star Trek. So they kind of help each other. So there's this, this – it creates this need for this big blockbuster. And Star Wars captured that, launches Battlestar Galactica, which relaunches Star Trek. Right. And I think we get the next generation because of it. Yeah, I think the, the motion picture was 1979. So it kind of goes yes. Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek. Star Trek. And then, and then uh, Star Trek 2 is the reason we get the reboot and we get all the other stuff on television. And thank heavens that the movies kept going because oh gosh. they got so much better. <laughs> well, I mean, Star Wars, Star Trek The Motion Picture is beautiful. It's beautiful to look at, but you just want to turn the sound off. You just want to look at it. It's really pretty. So. But you get into a truly good movie is Star Trek Two, 
the Wrath of Khan, and we can we can talk yes. about all that. Yeah, and then we'll they, have a Star Trek episode. In the future, you know, we that's why very few soon future is our Star Trek episode. It's our Star Trek episode because we have, yeah. I'm sure, a lot to say about that. So, oh my gosh, yes. Anyway, back to I think I did this once before, but let us know what your favorite Battlestar Galactica characters were and yes. how you felt about the reboot. You can get to us by going to our website, The Geeky Side, as well as finding us on social media. Where are we on social media, Will? We're at The Geeky Side of Life on Twitter. We are at The Geeky Side of Life on Instagram. And we are on The Geeky Side um, on Facebook. Yes, so find us. All those links are also on our website, so you can get to us there, yep. as well as a way to contact us. So do Please, that. Please, talk to us. Yes, do watch that. the show, talk to us. Let us know what we're doing wrong. <laughs> Which is probably a lot, but we're, lot, getting, we're finding our group. We're finding our yes, group. Yes, we are. Yes, so we are. next up on the geeky side, we're going to be talking about conferences. And oh, boy. we have some fun stuff to be telling you about. And it's not just DragonCon, because Will Nix, this guy, this geek, the Nix, is going to his first other con. I know. So it's stay really tuned. Weird. Stay tuned to find out what it is. See you next week on the next side of the geeky side. Go get your geek on.